I was at the gym and I didn't even do anything particularly crazy. I just got up weird from trying to pass someone's guard or doing something like that. And I got up weird and I was like, oh shit. And the guy got up with me and was like attacking me. I was like, I just started tapping him. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. And uh, and I've been out of commission ever since. My back is tweaked. And I chronically have, you know, as as massively strong as the rest of my body is. My Achilles heel is my, uh, my, my little tiny baby back. My lower back, I have the lower back of an 80-year-old person. I can't say woman, right? Because that would be saying that 80-year-old women aren't insanely strong and shredded. Because they all are. Right, right Jason? So I'm scared to say uh, that I have the back of an old lady because I feel like on some level somebody's going to drag me for being um, racist. Yes. Against against old ladies. Yes, and it's bad because society is also pretty ageist. Society is ageist, and we all know that all old women, old people in general, are completely in great health. They're very strong. They can get up. They can do burpees. They're out of control. Powerful. They're and good I, drivers. I, how dare me? How dare me besmirch anyone on any level for any reason ever? Uh, so yeah, I don't know, Jason. I don't. I don't. Your logic again, Jason. Sometimes he really, he really interacts with me as if like I truly believe that he is from a different place. Maybe not Earth, because he interacts with me as if I'm some weird. T- he just he puts these items on the table. He's there's. It's like a. Uh, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know what this is. It's like a it's like a pirate token. It's terrible. What are these things, Jason? What are you doing? What is this? Uh, Those are the newfangled tactile toys. They're very popular. This is like of, the new fidget spanner. Yeah, they're like the new fidget spanner. Somebody tells me this isn't new. Well, this, it's within the is, last three years. I would this say. is very remedial. This is this is going to soothe me. This is going to soothe my my fidgety fingers. That's a, that's for you to decide. That's for you to find out. I don't care. Uh, we've got a question from one of the fans. Oh, this is terrible. And that is uh, a relationship advice. They oh, say, yeah. I hooked up with a friend about a week and a half ago. I'm not looking for a relationship, and I don't think she is either. The sex was really good, and I want to hook up with her again. What is a respectable amount of time to wait in between hookups between friends with benefits? I don't want to seem desperate, but I also don't want to seem like I didn't enjoy the hookup. Before we hooked up, we hung out maybe four to five times a year. Low maintenance friendship. Uh, well, I assume this is a guy talking about a woman, not yes, the other way around. I believe so. Because there's a, there's a dynamic here, right? That maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I would say, why not politely say, you know what? Those cheeks were slapping. I, um, blazing you was was a was a pleasure and a treasure. Let's do it again sometime, and then just wink at her. This you should just this should be a vi- a video message. Cheeks were slapping. Blazing you was a treasure beyond measure. Give her a wink and say, "Call me." Um, if she's a keeper. Should tell you to go fuck yourself. No, I don't know. This is such a weird question. I mean, I just like you guys are kind of friends. Listen, you're never going to you're never going to lose out from giving something a little bit of air. I'll just say that. In the long history I've had uh dating people, it's you can never you're never going to lose by sometimes just like airing to airing on the side of like space. 
You know, you, you can you can wait. You can always wait a little bit before you answer. Now, there's always exceptions to the rule, and sometimes you just like come right over the top and call. Like I've I've hit someone up like right away, not fucked around. Okay, boom, it's on because you just know the signals are there. The the banter is great, and sometimes you know, but like you know, that's that's something that you have to be experienced enough to know how to deal with. And some people are like, you know, sometimes it's like I think I think if you're nervous and you feel intimidated, then you need to give it a little bit of room. And you need to be cool a little bit. Don't play too many games. You got to play. You got to listen. You got to play some games. You got you got to have some sort of mystery, because when the mystery is gone, it's gone. What if you're horny and you can't wait? You can wait. What? How old is it? It's important that I know people's age and location, and sex. Any other questions? Um, this guy works around Air One, that's all we know. So probably LA. He works for Air One? Around an Air One. Why is that how is that part of the information? Uh, he mentioned it afterwards. I work around an Air One? Yeah, you guys were talking about the the sushi at Lassen's in Air One. Oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. What's his name? Isun. Yeah, Isun, listen, we're talking about Whole Foods sushi. And I think there's a difference between Whole Foods, Erwan, and Lassen Sushi. But I bet you anything, it all comes from the same place. Because, apparently, you might want to pull out your researcher fingers here. Apparently, one company uh, controls the flow of like 85% of all fish, especially in America. And they're owned by the Moonies. The Moonies are like this religious uh, sect who are kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, one company does does all the fish, does all the fish sales, and they probably are like somewhere connected to those little pre-made sushi boxes, which I wish I had right now. Are you, are you big seafood? What does he Google? Big yeah, seafood. the Moonies. The Moonies. Yeah, these guys. Didn't we talk about them in a previous episode? Maybe. They're like a cult, right? Yeah, they're a cult. Yeah, that looks like it's true. Wow, they do have a, a big influence on the seafood industry, and it does provide them money for their cult. So I guess, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I'm guessing that all that, all that supermarket sushi comes from somewhere else. And I got to tell you something. I eat the fuck out of that shit. I won't eat Gelson sushi or Vons or, or anything like that or like Albertsons. I won't do that. But I will eat Whole Foods and uh, Lassen's and Erwan because the container is cardboard. And to me, that... Uh, that that's that just that reads as quality. When it comes in a plastic carb like that, that weird plastic foil shit, when it comes in that, I'm not eating it. It looks cool though. Does it still come with the little grass? No, see that's the bullshit. It doesn't come with the fake grass. I like the grass. What do you do with the grass, Jason? I throw it out, and it's very wasteful, but it's aesthetically appealing. <sighs> it's just terrible. It's so terrible. How did I? How did this happen to me? I just don't know what, you know, sometimes life, I got to tell you something, life, life can be a gentle storm and it can guide you and, and push you along the leaves and the, and the trees and, you know, the many roads and, and trails. And, and sometimes life decides to whip itself up into a fucking tornado and place you in the middle of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a parking lot. Sometimes life turns into a small cyclone that spins around and, and places you and a person you don't even know in your house once a week for a year to produce a show that you don't even understand anything about or what's happening. The first thing that I ever smoked weed out of 
I want to say it was one of those tinfoil pipes that you make at home. Uh, or I want to say, I think it might have been, it's either an apple, a tinfoil pipe, which is terrible, or it might have been a can. Or, or maybe the first thing I smoked might have just been a big-ass joint. I don't really know, but I do remember as a youth smoking out of all of those things at certain times, right? I remember like, I remember like kind of thinking about the apple thing and being like, oh, fuck yeah, that's cool. You get to smoke out of the apple and then after you smoke out of the apple, you get to eat it, man. And you guys know that I love apples and I do wish I could smoke. I can't though, because if I smoke weed, uh, I will literally explode. This guy said he smoked out of a Red Bull can the first time. And when when you did smoke, what was your favorite preferred method of intaking marijuana cannabis? I mean, there's nothing like smoking a joint, I think. But but if you want to be economical and you're a kid, you have a bong. Joints and joints and blunts are great, but I mean it's all good, right? But I, I you know, when I moved out of my when I, I started to tell the story. When I moved out of my house, I had to leave home. Okay, I had, a, I had a situation in my home and I had to be moved out. My dad was like, I'm going to get you out of here. It was kind of like under the cover of night. It was like I was fleeing the border, right? So I had to move into an apartment. He got me into this apartment. And basically what happened was uh, I, I had an apartment and I was probably 17. And I was uh, probably a senior in high school, I would guess. Not doing great, but just kind of getting by by my wits. And then, and at the time too, I was like fully invested in graffiti and smoking weed. So I get into this house and I just remember all these like juvenile dreams of like my first place started coming true. I was like, when I was a kid, I used to get high and be like, dude, when I get a fucking house, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a whole room and fill it up with bean bags. And I did manage to buy like five or six massive bean bags. But the problem is me and my stupid friends got drunk and had a bean bag fight. So then instead of my house being full of five bean bags, it was full of 64 million little bits of foam from inside the bean bags. Um, and you know, and one of the things I got, I remember, I remember I went down to this head shop, uh, in Venice near the circle, near the post office back in the day. And I saved up my money and to buy this three foot graphics bong. And I was so excited. I was so like, I was so over the top. And I remember like coming home with this thing and just being like, it's so fucking on. Was it just a straight up bong or did they have like percolators and that? No, stuff no, it's just like, it's a, then? it was a glass. It was a piece of acrylic, piece of gray acrylic that said graphics on it with a little fucking thing, a little snapper. And you had to have somebody else, um, someone else had to pull it out usually. Oh no, I think you can do it on your own. I think it was like just long enough where you could just smoke out of it and pop it. Cause there was a three foot and there was a six foot for the real heads. And the real heads had the six foot bongs and you go to someone's house, some kid's house and there was like literally a six foot bong. Like that's how, listen, back in the day, marijuana, weed, that culture as a kid was so intense. And everyone in the nineties in LA was so obsessed with weed cause we had the best weed. I don't know if we, I don't know if we still do because now it's probably you know nationwide. But we had the best weed in the country, and everyone was so deep into it that like you know having a six foot bong in your in your you know living room as a as a twenty something kid was super normal, and having to smoke out of something that takes two people to operate was also super normal. And I do remember that house, that apartment being the way it was. This guy came over, and he uh, he brought over a little piece of crack. I think he had a twenty piece of crack, Jesus. and he puts it in my three foot graphics bong. And he, and he smokes the whole thing and snaps it. And we we're just looking at this guy like, you know, and like a, you know, a 20 piece of crack will get you through like, you know, I don't know, could get a couple hours on that. 
and he just kills the whole thing in one massive bong hit and we remember looking at the dude and being like whoa his bell was rung i mean he it like altered his consciousness in such a way that he became a different person um i do remember that and you know and and listen there was a you know having that apartment um you know a lot of people you know it was i was 17 it was the early 90s i was heavily into the graffiti heavily into drugs and it just became this crazy hub where people would come by and it was it was a party nonstop. upstairs was a dude this dude bagel lived upstairs they were partying i was partying and i kept odd hours i remember bagel like we weren't really hanging out when i first moved in and we started hanging out and he was like god they used to watch us and be like what the fuck are those guys doing because we were we were all raving and shit so they'd see us coming home like six in the morning those guys are going out to surf they see us coming home six in the morning dressed like fucking freaks completely eyes just spinning and then we go into the house and just keep going you know and we keep it going through the weekend on and um i remember this one time there was a guy named uh raven <laughs> a guy named raven and him and some other guys this is also while this is also going on too there was a heavy nitrous scene happening the first there was like the first wave of night well not probably not the first but that was my first wave of nitrous before it came back a couple years ago nitrous made a huge resurgence a few years ago but it kind of went dormant for a long time people weren't fucking with nitrous but um we were heavily into nitrous so that's another thing would happen it's like you know my buddy cross would have this nitrous tank and he would like he would have it and he would get it f- filled up at the auto at the wherever they fill up nitrous and we would have balloons like in the club and then after the club we would like just sit around doing balloons all night and just go raw, raw, you know that whole thing and i remember this one time this guy raven he um he had a nitrous tank and the way that his nitrous tank came his basically him and some other guys stole a nitrous tank from a hospital a six foot medical nitrous tank okay now I don't know if there's a difference between car nitrous and medical nitrous, but that's that was that's how I've always told the story. It's medical nitrous, dude. It's very serious. So this six foot tank showed up, and it was at my, I, had, I was the only one with a fucking apartment. Yeah. So the tank lived in my house. Oh yeah. And then with the tank, this girl just like was attached to the tank. This like little speed freak girl was attached to the nitrous tank. So she came with the tank. Nice. And did and, you fuck her? No, I did. No, I didn't fuck her. Uh, it was weird. Like, it never even crossed my... She was so, like, not anything that I was interested in on any level. Plus, she was really into speed, which I was never, like... I couldn't fucking handle that shit. And she was just, like, came with the tank. And it was so weird because she... As long as the tank was in my house, she wasn't leaving. So, the the tank was there for probably a couple of days. And, you know, you just... Do, it's just as much... You know, it's a six-foot fucking nitrous tank. It was just, like... Yeah, and I think he kept it there for a minute until he had to, you know, take it somewhere else. And you know, when the tank left, she left. And I remember watching this girl. She had a little quarter of speed, and I watched her eat it. I watched her unwrap the bindle and just eat it. And I had done speed once or twice by that time, and I I was terrified of it because I would do a little bit of speed and be up just completely fucked for like so long, and it was so painful. The come down was so painful that I was like, I'll never do that again. But yeah, this girl came and. this girl came and attached herself to the nitrous tank. And then when Raven came and got his tank, she she left with him. You know, she was going wherever that tank went. She was just along for the ride. She's like one of those little things that, that suck on the side of sharks. You know, those little 
what are they called? Those little, those little fish that suction on them. Some kind of a barnacle. Something like that, yeah. But but to a night, you know, it's it's you know, listen, that whole path of uh, of of following uh, uh, substances, um, you know, it, it can really uh, really ruin your life. It's I don't know if that's a newsflash to anyone. The drugs will fuck you up, but you know, um, there was another time when uh, Chunk. We've talked about Chunk a couple times on the show. I don't actually remember Chunk. No. I think GK GK and I were telling Chunk stories. Chunk had Chunk had sold Raven again. I'm pretty sure it was Raven because Raven was going through some things. Chunk had gotten Raven uh, uh, some uh, Sherm. He was selling Raven Raven Sherm, and again, somehow my house being the hub for these things, there was a there was a Ziploc bag this full of just Sherm sticks, right? And and like something happened where like Chunk got the money from Raven, but Raven didn't pick up the Sherm sticks. So the Sherm sticks were at my house. I was like, I was like, I can't have those in the house. Just put them outside in the bushes. So we put them outside the house in the bushes, and we're a bunch of bored guys hanging out. Eventually, we're like, let's smoke one of those things. Let's see what they're all about. Let's check this shit out. So we all started smoking these Sherm sticks, and it's pretty much like the most one of the most terrible drugs. I've ever done. I mean, you're complete. It's a complete disassociative. It it smells horrible. Your head feels like it's just in a vice. It's fucking terrible. And you know, you smoke sherm, and you're just like, you know, you're just kind of like. I I started trying to do the stereotypical things that you hear that sherm heads do. Like, um, you know, I think this went on for a couple of days. We were smoking these sherm sticks, and I remember one time I was like. I had this like wooden screen door on the on the building on the house and I just was like I'm going to run through the door and they're like you should do it and I did it and I ran full speed and blew through the wooden screen door and it was like I lived a block away from the beach so like I I, I just come flying out of the apartment with the wood scattering everywhere like and there's this family of tourists who are just fucking terrified <laughs> you know imagine like a 17 year old me flying out of a out of a screen door at you at full speed just you know out of his mind on Sherm did you um, hurt yourself no, I was no, I didn't hurt myself. Oh, that sounds fun, honestly. It was fun, but then later on, one of those nights, I was out with uh, Freck, rest in peace, and this other dude, uh, Sam, and and we were at um, we were at uh, Cantor's. We were at Cantor's, and a very famous deli here, very in LA. famous deli in L.A. And uh, we were at Cantor's, and we had gone to a club on Sherm, and we're at Cantor's, and we're so high as a kite. And they brought me. I the thing I ordered to eat was Jello. I ordered Jello to eat. I don't know why. And and um, I got this thing of Jello. There was no cutlery, so I'm holding this thing of Jello up. And I'm trying to get the waitress, and you know, I remember I remember holding the Jello and looking up at the ceiling at Canners. It's like this really weird, like stained glass foliage, kind of tripping out on the ceiling. And I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at this thing of Jello, and like, and uh, and I just decide to take the Jello and suck it, suck it down my throat. <laughs> And I do that. Did I tell you this story before? I do that and I and I and I put the jello in my mouth and I try to suck the whole piece of jello down and it just goes whoop and lodges in my throat. And the jello is stuck in my throat. And then I'm like, you know, and I'm just fuck and my friends are laughing. They're like, ah, they're laughing at me, and I'm choking to death on the jello. And I fall down under the booth. And they're still laughing because I was a clown. And I'm still laughing. They're still laughing at me. And I'm just like literally dying. And at the last minute, I kind of go, and I hawk up this just huge chunk of jello. And I lived, everybody. It was a great, it was a great, uh, it was a great victory for me in, 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 the, uh, in the fight for staying alive that I was often involved in in, in those days. Um, once again, I lived. 
And uh, yeah, and I don't eat Jello, and to this day. Really? Not you really. developed a probably not. I just, I just not. I don't find Jello that interesting, to be honest. Were you the clown in your friend group? You said. I've been known to clown. Or do you find it hard for them to take you seriously at times? You know, I have, I have, I, you know, it happens. I do like to fuck around still to this day. And then people often think I'm kidding when I'm not. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes I, and I'm like, no, I'm, and I, and, or sometimes they're expecting me to do something and I'm, it's not, it's the furthest from my mind or they think I'm pranking, but I'm like, people, I'm not going to prank you. And like, I'm not going to, it's not, I, I'm not going to, my, like the thing that they think that I'm going to joke about is so stupid that I'm like, why would I joke about like, you know, bringing you the wrong fruit or like, did I get you apple? Like, what, that's not funny. Like, I, and, and, and I don't, you know, like I'll, once in a while I'll engage in some sort of stupid prank, but I don't even know if it's a prank. I just, I'm just like, I'm just, I need to amuse myself. I mean, I think that like, you know, like, like taking the time to scare your girlfriend whenever you can or do or like i think that stuff's great and i think i would love if it was done to me i love being fucked with actually actually i went to uh, i went to my girl's um my girl's family had a seder for passover mm-hmm. i went there and i ate it was the food was amazing by the way brisket and this almond cake now this is back to being a food show the brisket was mind-boggling uncle barry did the brisket and zoe made this almond cake that was literally so good that i couldn't even i was haunted by it the next day i think there's something about almond cake that blows like you ever eat something and it it connects it connects to your taste with so well that this is what happens to me sometimes i eat things and they're so good that i somehow convince myself that it can do like it can't be bad for me that's how good it tastes you ever what is your food that's like that for you jason that i've developed a craving for no that you eat and then you're instantly bond to I mean, I think like Taco Bell and those things are highly addictive. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I mean, what else am I supposed to say? It's true. I don't know. Something like, you know, I, I had a piece of cheesecake from so-and-so. Or one day I had this like, you know, I had a steak or maybe, a, a you know, ginger or grilled cheese. But Taco Bell. No, I can't think of anything. Shout out Taco Bell, by the way. Yeah, um, great brand. So, yeah, I fell asleep uh, on the ground because I was so full of brisket and cake. And Ella decided to walk up and and get an inch from my face and yell while I was asleep. So then I ended up screaming and she thought it was very funny, but I'm like, I just screamed in front of your entire family on the laying on my back, like a psycho. So if that's what you want people to see, then it's been seen. So shall it be as Moses delivered the Pharaohs and made sure that there were no more slaves. And I ate the almond cake and the brisket, such is the leavened matzah and the wine that we shall partake in to understand the tears so of the fallen so it shall be written so it shall be written so it shall be done amen ra blessings this has been a great show am have i free yet have you seen the 10 commandments no i haven't really watched that sh- that movie no have you seen batman the the batman yes no i still haven't seen the batman what's wrong with you how have you not seen the batman i feel like that's so up your alley it's three hours long and i don't like superhero movies that much what I thought you were like what? You don't know me. God, you don't like superhero movies? Not that much. I thought you were a nerd, dude. Superhero nerds are—it's a different. There's lots different of different type of nerds. nerds. <laughs> and nowadays, like everybody's a nerd. So yeah, what it's, are you gonna do anymore? <laughs> You're such a nerd that you won't be allowed. You can't be called a nerd because there's fake nerds. Yeah, there's posers out there nowadays. <laughs> oh shit! Well, I saw the Batman movie, and I started watching it again on 
on HBO. Why? Why is that funny? You started watching it twice already? No. I, I watch all those all those big movies. I watch a couple times. If yeah. you like something, you like something. I will watch. I, I you think I'm gonna watch Dune like ten times before I'm done? Like the well, new one. I've watched the old Dune literally. I don't know, thirty times minimum. Um, maybe that's a bit much, but definitely I probably I've probably watched the old Dune. It could have been twenty to thirty times. Once a year. You once a year I would watch it. Yeah, and I'm only twenty seven. So there you go. Um, so. Yeah, the new Batman film. Look, I, people had there's a lot of mixed reviews. People are like, it's so long. I don't know why. Why is anyone ever complaining about a movie being too long? Who gives a shit? If it's great, enjoy it. I mean, if I may weigh in, it's just I just think a lot of movies are long now is part of the problem. That's not a problem, man. Movies don't need to get shorter. We're not. This isn't. Um, what was that stupid app? Was it tw- uh, the one TikTok? Where, no, no, no. They tried to make an app where everything was short. It was like a. It was like a film channel. It was like the a paid TV. service. No, 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 it was like a TV show, like a. It, it was a, trying to be a. It was trying to be a network like Hulu, one of those things. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it was like everything was like five minutes. Yeah, and it just died instantly because we don't have an attention span, but we don't want to be catered to in that manner. Well, you, you don't know? want to pay for something that short, it seems. Yeah, unless it's music, but even then. So I watched the new Batman, and I got to say that just the. It's good. Like, I don't, people have, there's a lot of mixed messages about it, but it's like, uh, that same director too, I think is doing Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser reboot. Now, are you, are you a horror nerd? Not really. That's also one of, I do like Hellraiser though. I, I think the, you're not uh, a horror nerd and you're not a superhero nerd. What kind of nerd are you? I'm, look, there's, uh, let's see. I like Star Wars. I like Conan the Barbarian. You're a science fiction nerd. You're I'm a, science, a sci-fi, you're fantasy. sci-fi fantasy I'm kind nerd. of a pulp guy, let's say. He's a sci-fi fantasy pulp. Well, how does a pulp factor in? Well, those are like pulp things. Like Is that pulp? Yeah, Star Wars is like a, a distillation of pulp movies from the 1930s and whatever, and Conan is a pulp character. I went okay. to film school. Okay, nerd. Look, pulp is, I like pulp stuff. I like pulp too. Frank um, Frazetta. Yeah, well, sure. We all love Frazetta. Frazetta is the boss. I saw there's a van uh, down the street that's been lurking around Los Feliz, and the whole side of it is painted in the style of Frank Frazetta, and I keep meaning to take a picture of it. Frazetta is a G. I love that. There's a liquid death van near me that has a, it's, I think it's a, it's a man's body that's like jacked. He's holding an axe, and then he has a liquid death can for his head. And uh, it looks like Frazetta. Frazetta speaking your language. Well, does it ever cross over with Thor? Did you like Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, I like Thor Ragnarok when I watch it in theaters. When and with people who are laughing and really enjoying it, it does. It is very infectious. It's a great movie. I watched it with my friends who are less familiar with Marvel things afterwards. Interestingly, not as good a movie when you watch it with people who don't understand all the references and all the the preset characters. But like, yeah, I guess dynamics. so. But but as far as the the movies in that universe, that Thor Ragnarok is fire. Arguably like, the best one. Yeah. I don't know if it's the best one, but it's really good. And then you watch the other Thors, and none of them have the have the verve and the gusto that Ragnarok has. Ragnarok is something else. It's funny. It's exciting. It looks amazing. It's over the top in the best possible way. The guy really fucking shook the candy store into the uh, into the sugar mill and 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 re and I don't know Taika Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi, and now he's like an actor. And he's dated Rita Ora, which is the benefits of becoming an A-list director. You get to start dating a pop star. Oh, yeah. But she never really became a pop star. She's like, she's like Rita Ora is like a person who like was almost always going to make something but never really did. But she's probably famous in Europe or something like that. I don't really, I don't really understand her deal. Me neither. 
but I do know I do know that a, a lot of friends of mine have known dudes that have dated Rita Ora. Really? Which is interesting. Yeah. How is she? I don't know how she is, but I just know that it's interesting that she's date she dates a lot. She dates a lot of guys, I guess. What kind of girl was the nitrous girl? Like what other things is a girl like that into at that time period? I, I had any idea what she was into. She's like this little like tiny white girl who's a speed freak and loved nitrous. That's she's all. most likely a dead, still following some version of the dead, uh, fully reformed in AA soldier of Christ, or uh, all of the above and married with kids. She could be anything. She could be a fucking neurosurgeon at this point. You never, listen, I'm going to tell you guys something. You never know who's going to do what to and where and when. There was a guy we used to hang out with who was a fucking, he was, um, he was in a local punk gang and uh, he used to sell us ecstasy and I heard he became a doctor. Can you believe this? This crazy Russian guy. I already became a doctor. Can you imagine? Yeah, I know a graffiti guy who became a lawyer. Graffiti kid, let's not say graffiti guy. How? See, this is the thing. How much of a graffiti? See, there are graffiti guys and there are graffiti guys. Yeah, I would say graffiti kid, like he did it when he was a kid. And then. And how much did he do? Did he really do graffiti? Was he in a crew? I think it was, yeah, during like high school. He was in a graffiti crew? Yeah, he was from Orange County. Orange County, LA? That, yeah. What graffiti crew is in Orange County? I, I don't know the, any of the details. I need to know. But I need he you did to... tag on Venice Beach at the, like, you can he tagged pay on, or whatever to tag there. He or tagged on Venice Beach and he paid to tag. That's the uh, worst That's the worst endorsement of a graffiti writer I've ever heard. Look, man. He, You're not paying to tag on Venice Beach, okay? But he did become a lawyer. Okay. Well, see, that's the thing. My Listen, my brother, my brother was going down the path of juvenile delinquency. When he was a kid, he started becoming a juvenile delinquent. He was living in New York and he started doing weird juvenile delinquent shit. And all of a sudden he got, he got caught shoplifting and all of a sudden on a fucking dime, Brad, I know you're listening on a dime. He's like, I'm done. And he, he, he enrolled himself in the military school. And then, then you know what he does? He went from a juvenile delinquent, not to put his, his business out on the street, but sorry, from doing nothing crazy he was just doing like vandalism and shoplifting and stuff like that he just like he gets popped he goes to he goes puts himself in military school and then you know what he does he goes to harvard and he becomes a scientist and now he's in sciences and he's working on software that helps map the human brain and protect the areas of the brain that are important when they're doing brain surgery and i hope he makes it because he'll make so much money, he'll be a billionaire if it goes through. And I go, Brad, shoot me, shoot me 16 mil just on the strength as your big brother who's still trying to, you know, sell t-shirts. This is in this is in the year 2029. Still trying to sell t-shirts, still trying to make get a film made. Shoot me 16 mil so I can just take a break. Cause I'm tired. I'm tired, Brad. And you're so rich, and now you're part of the Illuminati, and now you're you know you're going to all I know you're friends with the Obamas, and you know you're going on the cruises, and you're you know you're cloning your dogs, and your children are are now have their own assistants, and you know all these things, and you're so rich, and it, and it does change you some, but I want you to remember that we were brothers. We used to we used to pee in the same toilet at the same time. We used to play in the woods in upstate New York in my mom's house. And we used to argue over who got the most. If there was a piece of cake that had to be shared between the two of us, we had we were out there with with fucking uh, with levels and and rulers. We were down to the last micro crumb had to be split perfectly even, or else there would be hell to pay. That's how competitive we were as siblings. Do you have any siblings? 
No, but arguably my most successful was uh, arrested for shoplifting as a teenager. Yeah, I love I love the Discord. I love the people on there. All the people coming on. We're so close to hitting a thousand members, everybody. We just need six more. Everyone, listen, like and subscribe. Follow us. Follow the YouTube. Get on the Discord. Learn about the universe of, of powerful truth angels. Learn about what's going to happen. You get insider information on born and raised. You might know early about an NFT job. You get to see a jacket that I'm wearing that no one's ever seen before. A beautiful green coach's jacket with zippers and buttons. This jacket is so fucking fire. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I would buy this jacket if I didn't make this jacket. You got to test. One thing I say about my jackets, I'm going to say this, and I always tell the, the cut and sew designer is don't give me a shallow pocket. And these are shallow pocketed. Pocket bags are small. I want to be able to put past my hand. These aren't the most shallow pockets, but they are somewhat shallow. I like deep pockets on everything. I want a deep fucking pocket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Otherwise, they're not very functional. They're not very functional, but it's fine. This is not too shallow. It's it's it'll it'll fit your wallet. It'll fit a small, a little twenty two, a lollipop, uh, your chronic nuggets, maybe your pipe, maybe a scale. Born and raised. Dot com. Go there now. It's live. 420 sale. Let's go. Blaze it. Cypress Hill. Weed rolling weed. And we we be weeding. Sick. You know what's crazy is that A&W, the root beer in Canada, is like a whole... It's a whole... I mean, maybe outside of, of California also. I don't know. Yeah, there's... they. There's a chain around. I've never eaten at an A&W in my life. Like, what is they their special They have like burgers day? and root beer on tap. Right. Which is like interesting that you're going to go get an A&W burger and that's like a thing. Yeah, it is. And we, it makes me wonder yeah. too, you know, like this is a this is a chain that is um you know, I, I don't know anything about this chain. Mandy's doing a project with them. But the guy, whoever owns the the rights to this is probably a billionaire quietly. You know, nobody who the fuck eats an A and W burger? Who's ever had one? I don't know. I no no no. Listen, hype is life. I knew he was an only child. So obviously. I knew the answer before I asked the question. When I said do you have siblings, I already there's no way in hell you have there's no way it's so obvious that you're an only child, it's crazy. Why is that? I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it. I think because you didn't have anyone to talk to that's so what's made you so bizarre. Yeah, well, you're only exposed to adults, so you know you lose. Well, Eastern said there was an A and W in Norwalk. What the fuck is A and W good? I mean, they can make a root beer floats kind of a draw, I guess. Yeah, they have the root beer like on tap in a keg. Okay, I, I hear you that they so, have root beer on tap on a keg. It's a good gimmick. The most high I've been is when I cleared six bongs in a blunt on 420 2014. He remembers the My friend thought it would be a good idea to put on Limitless and Guardians of the Galaxy back to back. I back that, except Limitless does not pair well with Guardians of the Galaxy. Not only did the visuals fuck me up to the point of becoming catatonic, Alex, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. I really had to shit, but my paranoia was so bad I didn't want to shit at my homies in case he heard. So 4.5 hours later, I sat on the verge of shitting myself and then shat myself on the way home in broad daylight. What's the best worst film to watch while high? I think one of the best films is uh, you know, El Topo or anything that um what's his face does. And maybe one of the worst films to watch would be like probably a Serbian film, probably the worst film to watch while you're stoned. Maybe. Yeah, that's the worst movie to watch, period. Alex, what got you into sobriety and how do you stay in sobriety? Okay, Pops. Um what got me in sobriety is I was like a complete degenerate who's going to die if you kept doing drugs. And what keeps me in sobriety is my need to live a functional life. And I'm so glad that I'm sober. As much as I joke about getting high, I don't ever want to do it again. But it's a daily it's a daily reprieve. And one day at a time, I stay sober six and a half plus years. We should do. You know what we should do, Jason? Mm -hmm. Is uh, we should do a a 
store sushi taste test. I like that. Erwan versus Lassen's versus Whole Foods. 7-Eleven. No. Oh, do we have to add that in? Yeah, you have to have a shitty one. Fuck. Not 7-Eleven. There's no sushi there, and I would never eat it if there was. There is sushi. There is not. At 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even better. Let's do a blind taste test. Do, I won't eat 7-Eleven. We'll do like uh, Gelson's <laughs> or Albertson's. Okay. You'll never know. Air One. Okay, fine. If you want to slide in that air, because now I'm now I'm roping you into doing this bit. We do Air One versus Lassen's versus Whole Foods versus Gelson's or Albertsons. Okay, mm -hmm. and we'll do a taste test. The problem is there's going to be a lot of leftover sushi, so I kind of I got to do that with a guest, mm -hmm. probably a couple, because I can take down one of those trays and then I'm good. When should we do that? We can do it next week. What do you smoke out of the first time? Boom. The best acid I had was purple ink on perf or the gold chief of bladder. Happy hip. What's the best acid I've ever had? Slice. I think the best acid I ever had was window pane. I had a wind I had some window pane from San Francisco back in the 90s. And um, unfortunately, I paired it with mescaline and Southern Comfort and had a complete psychic break and destroyed uh, the mirror behind a bar downtown called Glam Slam. I've told this story before. Um, but that was some really good acid. And then, uh, you know, my old man had this, uh, had this liquid, had a vial of liquid acid that I got a hold of and it was pretty weak, but it was fun. It just made you feel kind of cruisy, you know? Nice. Um, what is a, what does a true psychic break feel like? Oh, well, what's the weed culture like a born and raised? Are you allowed to medicate on the job? Someone mentioned you talked about that on a previous podcast. What, smoking weed? Uh, born and raised weed culture. You talked about that. Like, what? What do we talk about? What do you mean? Just it being there's a lot of weed. There's been a lot of weed at born and raised. People would come in with pounds. With a lot oh, of weed. oh! Listen, here's this is a great. When I okay, this is great. I, I think I've talked. I talked about this. Shout out to skinhead, skinhead Rob. He's not listening, but shout out to that man. That dude, skinhead Rob's the homie. He's such a solid fucking dude, and he. When we had the office in uh, MacArthur Park, Skinhead Rob would come by, and it just turned into a thing where he'd come by a couple times a week, and he would just come by and just start facing blunts, right? And he'd come by, and like me, and uh, shout out to Carlos. I've told this story before. Carlos would have a desk. I'd have a desk, and Rob would come by, and we'd sit down with Rob, and he would, he'd light a blunt, and you're smoking a blunt, you're talking. He'd be pretty quiet. He wouldn't be talking about it. He'd just be kind of like, yep, chilling. He'd smoke a blunt, and you're smoking this blunt. And you know we're talking about something. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then while you're smoking this blunt, he's rolling another blunt. And then there's another blunt in circulation. And then you're like, okay, there's two blunts now. And I'm like, at one point you're double fisted. You're smoking two blunts. Then there's a third blunt. He's rolling another blunt. So he would smoke. He would sit there and just smoke. You smoke three fucking blunts. And of course the whole thing is like you're at work. You're amongst like your your work colleagues. Sponto was in and out because he was sick. So he'd be in there, but he'd be fucking half half crazy with the fucking chemo. Carlos is there. Darius was on the on the periphery at this point, and me and Carlos would would smoke weed, and and we would get then we would get super fucking high, like really high, and then go back and sit in front of our computers and just be like this, and I and I'd be like trying to like work on stuff, and I would look over and see Carlos, and he'd look at me, and he'd be like. He's like, dude, I feel like all my skin's gone. I'm like, me too. I'm skinless. That's how high we were. We were fucking, and and you know, and, and many a day, it was fucking great. It was great for a long time. And then I got sober and I couldn't do it. But I used to love when Skin and Rob would come visit and we would just get fucking completely blitzed. And also another time during that period, 
when I was also, you know, it got, it got really ugly because I started just like doing Coke all the time in the office and I made this shirt. Was that to offset the weed? Yeah. The, well, after a while, the weed just became like, the weed is just like a, a, a base coat, like weed and booze is a base coat. Cause you get tired, right? If you don't. Yeah. But it wasn't like the Coke was just like, it was all, it all just became a cocktail. It was all a thing. And I used to like. I used to play a game. I don't know why this turned into this episode again, but like whatever. I used to play. I used to play a game where I would like. I had this. I had this big desk and all this shit on it. You know, like samples, all this work. And I, what I would do is, I have a. I have drawers, and you know, I have a drawer that would have like a straw in it, and like you know, and I'd have like a little thing with like lines of coke on it, and or like I'd put a line of coke on the table and cover it with a piece of paper, and there'd be a room full of people hanging out and talking. And I'd be talking too, and I'd be like, "Oh man, that guy was so funny!" And I time it to when everyone wasn't looking. I go, <clears throat> and I rip a line, and I pop back up and be like, "Yeah." Anyway, so and I used to play this weird game where I was like, "Well, if I do it in front of them, then I'm not lying about it." I was just completely out of my mind. It was terrible. It's just, it's just not being a drug addict is like it sounds funny in retrospect, but it sucks. It's just, it's like, I was a sucky ass person. I apologize. I'm gonna apologize on a public. I apologize to Carlos because I probably made his life a living hell. I apologize to Sponto. Probably made his life a living hell. And all the people that worked for me, I probably made their lives shitty by being a fucking worthless uh, uh, drug addict who just kind of was, you know, stumbling through through designing. I remember, I, I, I remember the time I started listening to Steely Dan a lot. I don't know why. And I got it in my mind that I was going to make a shirt that says any major dude will tell you because of that song or album. I don't know what it was. So I made a shirt that just had in giant black type, any major dude would tell you with a born and raised logo on it. It makes no fucking sense. Completely Coke delusion, you know, like, and not, you know, sometimes people go into Coke delusion and, and end up becoming wildly successful behind it, but I didn't. I picked some song that no one gave a shit about and only one person liked it and her, and her name's Natasha and she loves that shirt. And I, I have one person for that, one, one person audience for that one stupid fucking t-shirt. Um, I'm a much more effective, uh, am I going to Coachella? <laughs> I've never been. I'm never gonna go. No, no, I don't. I don't. I do not want to be on a field with a thousand people ever. I hate it. I don't like being in giant groups. It's not like a. I just don't like herds of people. It just. And, and not to say I don't like being around. I like being around a lot of people. Like I, I like going to the beach. I like going to a park and looking at people. But being in a controlled kind of controlled area with all these people in it and like, and I just get burnt out. You know, like going to Coachella sober is like, I don't know. What's the sketchiest drug deal you've ever? I mean, the sketchiest drug deal I've ever experienced. Um. I guess the one, I guess one, I guess the sketchiest would be the one where I got arrested buying drugs when I was a kid. And we were high as a kite, me and this guy, little man. And we were, we had, we, we went into the hood to buy drugs and we had a, we had a beach cruiser with a flat tire and I was on the, he was on the handlebars and I was riding him to go buy drugs and we got caught by the cops. That's, I guess that's sketchy. There's been other situations I've been in that have been sketchy in a different way, but. Uh, it was always sketchy when you're buying hard drugs off the street. You know, if you don't have someone to bring it to you, if you're going out and getting off the street, it's always, there's always an element. Uh, what's your wildest or most memorable psychedelic stories? Uh, we've talked about a lot of those. I have, right? I think I've covered all of them. If you had to pick one shrooms or weed, I think shrooms, shrooms, like being a stoner is a lot of fun. Fucking this coin is going down. Whoa. This coin shot the fuck up. All right. Podcast. I got fully distracted. Nice. What uh? What about the psychic break? 
was that like you never described that oh like what that what, what is a psychic break well, what does it feel like because i always wonder because i've well no a true a true psychic break is when reality where reality has left the building and there's a new reality that you think is real like i told this story i i thought that i thought that my friend i was i was a teenager I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. I was scared. I was on a lot of fucking drugs. And I thought my friend Crush had uh, secretly been a multimillionaire we never and had a about this. place in, yeah, I've talked, I talked about it on the show. I, I thought that he secretly was a millionaire. Somehow, I, this is what I, I extrapolated from talking to him. He was secretly a millionaire. He had a house in New York. He was gonna take care of everything. It was all covered. And, uh, and, that, and I also believe that he owned the bar that we were in. And and my answer is like, and, and it was like, this is our bar. And I go, this is our bar? And I go, well, check this out. And I take a glass and I throw it at the mirror behind the bartender and break the mirror. Which is like, if someone tells you that this is your bar, your answer is to destroy it. It's completely, and then, and that delusion, I told this story, that delusion went on until I like, I was like, I walked out of the, I walked out of the club in the daytime. Well, I got beat up by the bouncers. They beat the shit out of me. My pants fell off. They kicked me out of the club. This is in downtown near like Temple. And um, I walk outside and I'm walking around completely out of my mind on mescaline and acid and everything. And I'm looking up at the, I'm looking up at the office building at the top of this office building being like, that's our building, like delusional. And I'm walking in this parking lot and this woman, there's a woman like just full siren song trying to lure me into her van. She's like, come with me. And I'm like walking across this parking lot like, ah, and then, and then Crush pulls up. He had a little tiny gold MR2. And he, this is the part you've talked about. I talked about, yeah. yeah. And he pulls up in his MR2 and he goes, Tudon, come on. And I'm like, boy, and he goes, come with me. And I go, okay. And I turn around to go with him. And then he leaves me there oh. and he just takes off. So then, and then I turn around, she's gone, he's gone. And I'm by myself in the middle of downtown LA. And I go to a payphone and I call my roommate Tuma and I'm like, I'm in downtown. I don't know where I am. He's like, I can't help you. And then I'm standing there in the corner you know, early in the morning and a truck comes by, gardeners in a truck pull up and I'm like, are you guys going to Venice? They're like, yeah, we're going to the circle. So I just hop in, like first guy I asked, I that's the weirdest part about the whole story is that me at 17 in size 52 fucking Levi's, probably a shaved head and like weird fucking shirt, uh, asked the first truck that pulls up if they're going to Venice from downtown and they are. And they just drop me off at the circle and I just stumble home and I go into my room and like, I look at my books and they're all coming out of the shelves and rearranging themselves in geometric patterns. And I think I went and just got in the water, went to the went to the beach and you know slept it off as many as many a many a morning ended for me. So it's, it was like fully schizophrenic. I went fully schizophrenic for sure. Yeah, completely checked out, like like a break from reality. Yeah, crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't recall, but he talks about the early days of being BXR and dudes coming. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember kids coming in when it became the trend to come in with like two to three pounds of weed. Like instead of just you know, when I was a kid, it was like you have a quarter and like and then you buy another quarter. They just like they would just come in with garbage bags full of weed, just casually smoking. Like I remember being like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was a big flex. Big flex. Because look, I was out of I was out of drug culture for twelve years and I jumped back in full like both feet fully involved and like then i jumped back in the drug where weed is legal i remember going to get a, a weed license and i remember being there and the and the doctor took my blood pressure he goes your blood pressure is really high because i was fucking high on coke all the time 
He's like, your blood pressure is really high. I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, you should get it checked out. I'm like, I will. I'm just giving my fucking weed license. So then I had the weed license. So then it was like, you know, I'm going to the weed store all the time to buy all these different, you know, weeds. Weeds? What else? Sketchiest drug, best sober love party experience. What's your best sober? What's your best sober love slash party experience? I mean, some of my best experiences are are have been i think but the best experience i've had have been sober and experiencing life as a sober person you know what i mean mm-hmm. and experiencing things in a real way and processing ups and downs i'm still learning how to process ups and downs you know and not to not to take the ups and downs as, as too seriously because the ups you can get lost in the ups and you can get lost in the downs it's good to kind of find a middle ground Things aren't going well. Well, the world's not ending. Things are going really well. Well, the world isn't yours. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And on that note, what a great fucking show. I think we've done it. I think we got there. 